Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are diving into the three most important things you need to do to increase your ROAS of your e-commerce site. So let's get started. Hello, Ian. How are you? Good morning. I'm all right, Mark. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You missed it. We missed one, didn't we? We did miss one last week. Yes, I'm afraid we did but uh here we are back again just as uh just as good as normal um so well, you've got a, this, you've got a cold well fighting a cold i don't think it'll get me how have you got a cold you haven't been anywhere it's COVID. i don't know how i don't know how that the whole borders cr- uh, closed in new zealand and so like obviously covid's not getting in so you'd think that colds wouldn't get in as well but obviously they're sneaking in somehow um mm. It is interesting because I thought I thought that well we'd just not get anything coming in, but I guess there's enough people in New Zealand for things to circulate on their own. Who knows? Yes. Who yes. knows how it works? Um, yeah. Anyway, this week we wanted to do um, the three the three main things that that ensure you have a uh, a high ROAS, a high return on advertised spend. Because I, I know that a lot of people have been especially in the facebook group they've been kind of saying oh you know how do you get a high roas from facebook and google ads and um you know it it obviously is very important because it 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 dictates whether you've got a business or not because whether you can recruit customers so we thought we'd go in um talk about those three main things that you need to have in place uh to have a good return on ad spend and um do you want to do you want to talk about those a little bit before we get into them ian yeah, we talk about yeah generally my my take on ROAS because we talk about ROAS return on ad spend all the time, and um, you know the overall philosophy that Mark and I talk about is you know how much does it cost us to recruit a customer in the first place and how much that customer's worth to us over a lifetime and you know you you know you can't recruit a customer without thinking about ROAS and I mean yes you, of course you can get some organic traffic through natural SEO but but um, you know often the businesses that are scaling and have a controllable methodical way of scaling are the ones that actually are off doing paid search um and then it comes down to roas and obviously you're that the the lower the possible roas for the business the easier it is so if you've got really big margins really good average order values you know that, that fundamentally you're going to find it easier because you you can go lo- lower your return on ad spend only needs to be you know, twice, whereas a business that has got tighter margin and lower average order value, um, or a lower lifetime customer value, you know, you've got you, you've got to go for a higher higher ROAS, haven't you? So mm. you know, the, the, the kind of like there's the fundamental you know question around the business architecture, but most of our e-commerce clients, um, and typically the average ROAS that's needed is about four four and a half. And that's difficult mm-hmm. to say because it depends on, you know, the higher the average order value, the um, the higher the lifetime customer value, 
um, you know, the the easier it can become. So if you've got a subscription yeah. business, you know, you can go, you know, you can you could probably afford to. Um, yeah. Or, or if lot, you've got a dig- if you've got a digital product or something that you know doesn't actually cost you anything to deliver, you know, there was there was a lady selling, um, I think, contracts and things like that. So you know, like it didn't cost her anything. It didn't cost her anything to yeah. to get the product. So therefore, the ROAS could be like one point two, and she you know make twenty percent. So well, she's still um, got to, but she's got to make money ultimately. But if hmm. but if that digital, yeah. if she's if she's got a lifetime customer value, so if they come back and buy once every two months, you know something hmm. else, then of course she can afford to go into a negative ROAS in that scenario because she mm-hmm. can push further because she knows they're going to buy maybe five times a year. So she's quite mm. happily to recruit the loss. So generally that, that's the, that's the first take on ROAS in terms of, you know, the ROAS, you know, your ROAS will be different depending on your margin, your average order value, your lifetime customer value. And it's how far are your other costs in the business. So, you know, it's, it's how far you want to go. So the lower the ROAS, the, you know, the more traffic you can typically drive. This is generally, and the, mm. you know, the higher the ROAS, the less traffic you can drive. So we, we, we're working with a company that sells tires online and the, and the, um, the margins are so small that the, the minimum or the lowest ROAS that that business can go for at that, in, that, in the way that that business is architected, because the margins are like about 6%, is like 22, you know, mm. 22 times. Whereas, you know, a bedding company, you know, with big, big margin, um, you know, they might go down to two, two and a mm. half times. So mm. that's the, that's like the, that's the most fundamental thing about return on ad spend is, is, is what is your, your lowest return on ad spend it needs to be you know and i i i I talk to a lot of businesses um when we're asking to when we're looking at scaling them and one of the first questions i say is do you know that you what your minimum roas needs to be and what you're getting right now um Mm. and that's a fundamental one and i mean we've got a little spreadsheet that puts it together haven't we a little margin roas calculator but it's easy yeah. to do, really. You just you just have to work out what your your margins are and work out what your return on ad spend needs to be. What's the minimum, and and you factor mm. your life and customer value as well. So that's my first yeah. take on it. I wasn't yeah, well, it, saying anything like that, but, but I'm sorry. You yeah, to... well, it's, it's the um, it's the intro intro to it, really. And you were saying before, you know, obviously the ROAS is dictated to the conversion rate times the traffic times the average order value isn't it so well that's no, no, I mean, oh, divided by the cost no, well well i was saying mm. that, that, that you know you were basically saying that you know roas really is like saying you know it's a bit like you know be more successful it's a bit like when we said you know get your conversion rate off it's that it's meaningless yeah because yeah, get your get your roas it's like saying yeah sell more but product it, isn't yeah. it yeah it's like yeah um you know, it, it's completely useless to tell people you need to get your ROAS uh, more, more, you know, profitable. It needs, you know, it's, it's not, you know, you're too, you, know, you need to be able to get it, get it better. How do you get a high mm. ROAS? It's rubbish. But I was saying that fundamentally ROAS is determined by, you know, you can only influence ROAS by three things, really. Your conversion rate, if you have a higher conversion rate on the site, and that mm. obviously comes to getting your ad to basket stats up, your basket to check out. You check out to order stats up so you get a better conversion rate you get a better average order value and then you get better lifetime customer value 
they're really the only ways you can influence your ROAS. Assuming mm. that you know all traffic is equal, which it isn't, which we'll come on to. But but if you, basically, you know, if you've got a physical store in the high street and you have a hundred people coming into this to the shop, um, three of them buy out of the hundred. Well, that's you know that's your conversion rate. If they all spend a hundred pound each, um, that's your average order value. Now, if you can get more of them, more of the hundred buying, of course, that's going to improve your conversion rate, and that, that it's mm. the same amount of money that you've spent to get those hundred people in. So you've had, you've done a traffic traffic campaign, you've got them into the shop. It's the same cost to get them there. So if you can get more of them buying, obviously that means you're going to get a better return for the amount yeah. of advertising spend. And if you can, if they can spend a little bit more. You know, that's going to get a better average order. That's going to give you a better return in your advertising campaign. Mm. And then if they come back, the same person then comes back and buys again in, you know, two months or six months time for the same advertising cost. That's going to give you a better return. So it's those three. It's can can we yeah. get more people to buy, which is conversion rate? Can we get them to spend a bit more, which is your average order value? And can we get them to come back? Mm. Th those things are essentially free because you've you've spent you know, it's the same advertising budget and of course what that allows you to do if you get the advertise if you get the average order value up the conversion rate up and the lifetime customer value up it means that you can spend more money on your advertising because you know that you've got a positive return on ad spend so if you say in the business that the minimum return on ad spend needs to be you know five and if you get your conversion rate up and the average order value up and the lifetime customer value up just in that scenario, then all of a sudden your ROAS has gone to eight and you can then bring it down to five by spending more um, and bringing in 150 people into the, sh into the shop rather than 100 mm. Um, mm. Because, you, you, because the maths work. So yeah, well, effectively, game. you can go after different auctions. You can go after auctions you weren't able to go into before because you weren't as profitable per visitor. The revenue per visitor wasn't as profitable as the competition. Now you now you are as competitive, yeah. uh, com, uh, you know, as profitable as the competition. So you can go in, start playing in the same, uh, yeah. you know, arena that they play in. But I, I think it's it's like we talked about this a lot. Around. Yeah, we have talked about it, but it's like it's the fundamental. It is e-commerce. This but I want to move problem. on to how people can practically do that, because obviously we say get higher ROAS. It's a bit like saying get higher sales. So they want to talk about the three things that 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 everybody can do to actually okay. increase their ROAS. So some practical things. Yeah, OK. Um, I was just teeing yeah. it up because I've, I know that, that, I, that I talk about, you know, businesses that are doing. I had a conversation with the business of the day that was doing over 10 million and um, you know, they didn't know what their minimum ROAS should be. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and so it's really, really important. Okay, let's yeah. go into the practical ways of actually influencing this. Okay, so the number one thing is having very tight ad intent uh, to landing page. So by what I mean, let's, let's say it's Google. Let's say it's Google Ads. And the search term is cream towel rack. Yeah or a chrome towel rack. So um, what people tend to do at the beginning when they're not very good at AdWords is they'll have uh, maybe an ad group for towel racks or an ad group for bathroom accessories, for example. And then the ad in that ad group, they'll have 
cream uh, towel racks, chrome towel racks, black towel racks, all sorts of towel racks that they're targeting because they're like, well, that's on the category and we're going to take them to that category. But what you actually want to do is have much tighter ad copy and ad group and landing pages tying right down to like the Chrome, um, you know, the Chrome uh, uh, towel rack. So if you're having a Chrome towel rack, then um, the whole advert wants to be about Chrome tab. Uh, towel racks are like we're the specialist uk specialist or usa specialist in chrome towel racks the biggest selection of chrome towel towel racks you've seen and you also so want to have your about text ads now aren't you yeah so this is like a, yeah so like a text ad you would have that um very close um you know like that that matching to so all the site links will be about chrome uh, towel racks so all the call outs make it specialized keep it close niche yeah, so rather than being generic you know, you're just saying yeah, so towel racks you're yeah so you're, you're very play. very tight to the ad copy so that you'll become the obvious choice to click on and yeah. then obviously if you want to continue that on the landing page your landing page then needs to um have you know relevant. all very relevant so let's say you're taking them at the moment to towel racks and on the towel racks page there's lots of chrome ones and lots of black ones and lots of different ones now, obviously, you if you if you want to land on Chrome towel racks, you either just want to see Chrome towel racks, or at least you want to put them at the top, um, so that people can tell them in the, in the right place. And and it just making sure that you know you, you basically want to look like to the user, like if they're typing in that, that you are the specialist in that in that product that they're searching for. You've got the ad that's completely relevant to them, and the landing page is completely relevant to them, and everything kind of streamlined in that way. So really tight ad intent to landing page to search query, and then so on might, Facebook. So you, go on, sorry. Go on. I was just saying. Yeah, I was going to say. What you might do is you might look at your top campaign, and you might you might go, you know, you know the ones that are bringing you the biggest traffic. You might you'd follow that journey through and say, well, where are the where are these ads taking us to? And you might create mm. a, a custom landing page for them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Taking it to like a generic, you know, the home page, for example, which is often what happens in 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 a not lazy or something because sometimes it can be the best place but you might think actually can't find you know cream or chrome towel racks you know i'm taking yeah. it to them I'm doing a big text ad and it's driving loads of traffic and they're going to the home page and they're bouncing well i should take them to a specific landing page and i can go and create one mm. you know and then go mm. and dynamically put my my all my towel racks on there that's going to have a much better conversion rate it's like taking people you know from you know, from the street, walking past with a big billboard saying, you know, towel racks here, taking them to the shop. Well, my wife gets annoyed about this all the time. She goes into, she's in a clothes shop and she sees something in the window and she thinks, that looks nice. And she goes into the shop and they don't sell that thing. She thinks, well, that's stupid. Why are they, she can't find it or it's not obvious. And, you know, that's what we're doing with adverts that don't make any sense. You know, we're having an advert. This is the best advert in the world. You've got the best AdWords team in the world. And then they're landing on the site and it's kind of like, well, yeah. where the hell is and you that? Can't, and you can't, and in, a, in a shop, there's some sense that people might, you might put the popular items at the back so they can navigate through and find it and they buy other things as well. But online, it doesn't seem to work like that because there's people, like, if, if, you, if they can't see exactly what they want, they go back into Google. 
Yeah, it's so easy to go back to the other shop, isn't it? Yeah, you know, in in a in a in a in the high street, you can go into a shop, and it's there's there's physical work you have to do to go to a different shop down the street, and and you've come in for a reason, and you you know it's slightly different. You're kind of more of a captive audience. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So in terms of like uh, tight ad intent with Facebook um, ads, the same thing as you know if you've got an advert that's talking about, you know, some imagery you've used or some pain point or some, you know, desire that that, that triggers the buyer. You, you want to carry that through to the landing page. You, you know, you want to be using the same imagery or similar imagery or the similar videos. So it, it, it looks like it's tying together. So you're continuing the journey. It, think of the advert as a promise that you're making to somebody and the landing page as an expansion of that promise, you know, like a fulfillment of that promise. So if the advert says, you know, with it, you know, with the UK's largest stockist of something, when they land on the site, that needs to be kind of like proven. You need to say, well, here are here are all the the chrome towel rails, more towel rails than you could shake a stick at. You know, it's it mm. it, it makes sense that you, you you can't have adverts that kind of promise one thing, they land on the page, and it's kind of like, what yeah. the hell's going on? You know, like as if you had a shop window with something in the shop window that was talking about, you know, like a copper trended cookware and then you go to the shop and they've only got one copper copper pot and it's like well that's the promise you made me a promise i was going to come and look at cool looking cookware and i've come in and it's all uh, it's all chrome and i don't want chrome you know it's 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 a switch yeah. isn't it you, so you've you, got you, to you test this mm. by looking you know, looking at your bounce rate wouldn't you you know you if you if you mm. can see you've got ads here i mean this is this is relevant for all paid advertising you know not just google ads for google it's everywhere isn't it it's google shopping it's, mm. it's text ads it's facebook ads you know, if you if you if you're driving traffic and you're getting a high bounce rate on the landing page, then that that is significant. You know, so you want to look at the ones you get in the traffic and and look at the bounce rate. So you know, the same rules apply. If you're getting a product that's bouncing at more than sixty percent, you know, or a, or a or a category that's bouncing at more than fifty percent, that's where you need to look. You see how yeah, a relevant. good way a good way to do that is let's say you've got a high bouncing landing page say it's a category or let's say it's a product page so let, let's let's say it's a the chrome towel rack uh, category page and you've got a high bounce rate on that coming from uh, from paid traffic so you, you're just going to segment the paid traffic in google analytics just to see that traffic and then what you want to do is look at the navigation path after that so you, you want to see okay we've got maybe an 89 percent bounce rate on that category page but let's see what the other people do who stick around mm. because the people, the, some next? of them, yeah, see where they're going to go next. You might be saying they're clicking around, they might be clicking back to the home page, or and they might be clicking going, and going and doing a search. Yeah, so they might be going to do a search. Yeah, yeah. So you go to comments, so, you go to all pages, and then and then you can actually see the next page, the navigational path. Yeah. So yeah. what we're looking for is um, is like the tip of the iceberg kind of. Uh, tests so you know if someone's clicking on the chrome uh, chrome ones and then clicking on delivery information at the bottom of the page you know then it means that if the tip of the iceberg is a few people are doing that probably there's a lot of other people underneath who want to know that information just can't yeah. be bothered to go and find it mm. so we're looking at that to see what you know people with the slightly more motivation than the bouncers do and yeah. using that information to say well a lot of people are actually coming to that, that chrome page and actually then searching for um you know, wall hung like towel rails or something, and maybe you brought them to a page that's got a mixture of them or something. 
basically you, you want to kind of like be understanding what uh, what users are doing and why they're coming back. The first thing we want to do on high bounce landing pages, we made a promise to them. We might want to kind of engage them and, you know, give them something easy to click on to say, you know, if, if it's if it's Chrome towel uh, uh, uh racks and that they're coming into then it might be like well you know what's the choice they're going to have to make maybe three rung four rung eight rung you know that like how many rungs they have on yeah. them and then you could kind of click it out at the top and then suddenly they're straight into the ones that they want to get into so we've engaged them straight away so that we've actually given them something to do without having to actually choose a towel rail so it's always good to kind of have that intent and move them forward at the top of the category to continue it makes so much sense and a, a lot a lot of the time the bounce rate's high on a on a on a paid ad whether or not it, in this scenario we'd probably be taking them to a collections or a category page you know it's because it's not rel it's not relevant so you might you might you might be taking them to a page that's talking just around you know generally around towel racks and people want chrome <clears throat> towel racks they can't see the yeah. towel racks or, or they can see wooden towel racks and they can see, um, you know, white towel racks. They don't want those. They want chrome. So you take yeah. them slightly further deeper into the site um, or, you know, some, or, or filter. One of the, and it's, it's doing that. It's just getting your mm -hmm. human brain on and actually physically checking where, where are these top ads taking people? And how can I make that a better experience? What would I do if someone came in a shop and asked me mm. for my for, to show me and talk to me about my range of chrome towel racks? Well, I'd show exactly. them. Well, I'd show them this range, and then mm. I'd show them these, and I'd show the different price points, uh, and I'd let them choose through. You know that I mean, that's what you do, and it's mm. exactly the same. And you'd kind of say to them, well, the, if you're looking for chrome towel rack, the first decision you have to make is how how tall it needs to be. I mean, it, they, you you talk to them through the process, wouldn't you? And you, yeah. you'd kind of get them, you'd get them into it, and therefore you'd go, okay, well, you you've got a, a bathroom this size, your space is this this big, you've got electrical access, so you're gonna have you're gonna have to choose from one of these four models. These are the most popular selling models. Uh, this one's on special at the moment, um, and that ends at the end on Friday. So you know, if you do want to buy it, it's, it's probably a good time things, to do it. All these things here are trying to give the edge over the competitors. You know, imagine if you you know say bath bathroom, a lot of the people mm. sell the same type of bathroom stuff um yeah but if you and it, but if you've got this if you've done this you're going through the, the method that mark and i are talking about now and your competitors haven't because they probably haven't they're probably taking them to a generic you know category page with all towel rails on there mm -hmm. um and you but you created a custom landing page with the nice subcategories just talking about chrome towel racks and how the you know you you're going to get a lower bounce rate, a better add to basket rate, a better conversion rate, and it's going to give you a mm. better return on ad spend, which allows you to to dominate mm. and and it be yeah. more efficient than your competitors. You can't so you can be very very lazy with paid campaigns, can't you? You know you could just we see it all there. the time. You just go and click and look around, and you just go oh. You're taking me to the homepage, and I'm looking for this, and I can see I have yeah. to navigate, and it, it's just it, it's done all the time. It's yeah. done all the time, and and um, you know I think people get away with it by having really good offers, and the really offers will get you you very far. But if you've got good offer and you've got the you know the, the tight ad match, then you you're going to wipe the floor with everybody else. Yeah. So that's kind of what you want to do. So the oh. second thing we talk about in terms of increasing the ROAS is to you want to split test your way through all the journey. So you want to be split testing your ads. You want to be split testing your landing pages. Everything you can 
along the journey should should be should be split tested. And you know, if you're getting enough traffic, you can actually even split test just for that traffic coming from that traffic source because it's going to be slightly different. And um, you know, you want to always be you know be running probably in Google Ads like three ads at least for the landing page, and obviously Facebook ads the same. You want to be running at least four ads per ad set um, to be testing different. Uh, landing pages and then on the landing pages you know if you're split testing you know first obviously you want to split test above the fold to to reduce the the, the bounce rate you want to get the initial you know am i in the right place working um because you know we've seen we've seen an extra 50 percent from split testing landing pages you know if you just kind of rock up with something that's you know you know the first the designer puts something together and that's where it is you know we yeah. always know we can iterate it higher over time by understanding you know what split tests work and what it's don't, and we we, we we do have to have a hypothesis on you know why we're we doing it and what we're doing. It's not just a case of changing colors for the same change of take, yeah. changing colors. And you know and I did that. It tells you why. It tells you where you know whether mm. you're swimming closer to the to the pot of honey or not. And you know and yeah. You can, otherwise, you just don't often know because you're often changing things all over the time. But I mean, you know the landing doing split testing on landing pages gives you the biggest bang for your time because. That's where your paid traffic's coming in. That's where you're mm. spending the money. Well, it's first impression, isn't it? It's first yeah. impression. It's like you know, it's like dress to impress, really, isn't it? So, if you if you get your landing page right, you're going to be essentially what you want to do on the landing page is frame the rest of the visit. You know, mm. the, because the landing um, first impressions what what people make in the first three seconds and how you frame that will be how they see it. So, well, I was talking to the person. Yeah, mm. I was talking to um, a supplements person about this and, you know, his supplements are like the, you know, the U.S.'s best supplements now available in the U.K. That was his frame. So that makes it interesting, doesn't it? Because when yeah. you land on the, the site, you're not just thinking, oh, this is another supplements site selling vitamin D. You're thinking, oh, I wonder what is the most popular vitamin D supplement in the U.S. And I wonder what it is, you know, whether I can get it here, whether it's something different than I've seen over in the UK and, and wonder if they've got better stuff. You know, it makes the whole framing of that is something yeah. that lifts it into that a different level. And that's what you want. Yeah, you want your positioning, so people, your framing that, to work. Know, there's always those sort of, you know, initial like nanosecond decisions. People go, should I stick around? You know, I'm going to find mm. one here. And that's, and that's a positioning piece. And it, yeah, it's so what, that, you want to be yeah. split testing your positioning. You want to be split testing yeah. your position, split testing your framing to understand what really triggers them. It, it's a bit like that uh, Cialdini book, uh, Pre-Persuasion. I don't know if you've read that one or, or, yeah. or the other one, the, the rest. Oh, you talked about pre it loads of times. Yeah, like Pre-Persuasion is very much about what happens before the sale and how that affects whether someone buys or not, what, what, what happens before. So if you think about Pre-Persuasion, you've got the advert and you've got the landing page. And that's really all the pre-persuasion you can do. But what those two uh, things will do will massively affect the motivation of the buyer to kind of stick through all the way to the end. So we've got to get those right. And so we're very much about, obviously, split testing ads is, you know, everybody does it. But people, a lot of people don't split test the framing um, and the positioning um, you know what? of the product. I would say it's two things that happen very, very, very quickly, which is what make gives people the decision whether or not they're going to stay and stick around and click through or bounce back it's positioning as we've just said and the positioning about why why you should be here um and mm -hmm. then it's and then it's the navigational flow 
just the site architecture. You know, can they mm. actually then find? So they go, yeah, I can, and I should, I should stick around. I'm going to find what I want, and then it's okay. Can I find what I want? And if it's like if they're looking for chrome towel racks, and they can't, they land on the page, and it says that you know the, the UK's biggest bathroom supplier of, you know, whatever towel racks, but they can't mm. find what they want. Um, you know, within that nanosecond, then they're off. So it's, mm. it's it might, that's my my opinion, my humble opinion. I always I think. think I always think that the in, invert it. If you really want to know what to do, you should in, invert it. You should go. Well, what would be the worst landing page I could take them to, and what would be the worst thing I could say to them on the page, and what would be the worst experience that I could give them, because that mm. then gives you a very good idea of what you're actually dealing with. So like Chrome towel rails, you'd be like, well, I'll take them to the privacy page. And um, I won't let them use uh, site search. I'll, I'll make site search obscure on the page and I'll make the site really slow to load. And you know, you start to really start to understand why, why that would be bad. And then you kind of go to the other opposite. And it's sometimes very freeing just to invert it because you kind of think, oh, what should I do? Is, I don't know. But then you say, what should I not do? And then everything starts to become very clear because it becomes very obvious, mm. you know, what, what to do. And you, you, then you just say, well, what would be the opposite of that experience? How can I yeah. make it? Well, I think, How yeah, can I make it? Think about what you better. Do, what What will be a terrible experience at a physical store? Yeah, you know, if you yeah. ask someone where the towel towel racks are, and they directed you to to um, you know, the building supply, you know, yeah. bricks, you'd be like, "This isn't <laughs> I'm off." Or just ignore you, just walk off and yeah, say, "I can't talk to you." Happen. Yeah, yeah. And then okay. the third thing for ROAS would be, um, I mean, we talk about the job to be done a lot on this podcast. We've done um, podcasts on it. But proving you can do the job to be done is, is, is very, very important. So you really want to be, I mean, we have push and pull things. We have the key desires that people have for that product or they want to achieve for that product and the ultimate job that they want to, to achieve. And then once you've kind of given them an idea that you can achieve that job, what are the anxieties that stand in the way of them getting that into their house or into their hands? So we need to answer both those, the key desires and the key anxieties. And the push-pull of these is, is key. So, you know, tight ad copy and segmenting means that you go deeper than the competition. But you really need to be answering the fact that you can mm -hmm. do the job to be done. So, like, when someone's, again, chrome towel rail, they're not necessarily looking for a towel rail just to stick on the wall. They're not looking for a piece of metal with some, you know, with a heated, heated piece of metal on the wall. But they're actually looking for something and it's, it's going to get a, a look or achieve a look they want to get to. So they want to see that the towel rail is going to complement what they're going to do. And if you think about what, what, how do you know when the bathroom's done? You know, how do you know with, when the bathroom has achieved what you want to achieve? I guess it's when you're showing, you know, everybody gets a new bathroom and every time someone comes around to the house, they go, I'll oh, come and see the new bathroom. And they say, and then the people come in and they go, oh, it's amazing. And that's almost maybe the job to be done. The, the, the vindication that jobs to be done is when people come around and they say it's amazing, looks really good. And you also believe that it looks really good as well. So if you think about mm. it, that's what they're trying to achieve. I mean, yeah. Photography is yeah. very important. I mean, we, you know, we've always said if, it, if it's a problem-solving rational purchase, it's about convincibility that that's going to get the job done. Mm. And if it's a lifestyle, emotional uh, purchase, it's about desirability. You know, and you, so you've yeah. got to do those two things. But the other vein of it is if you're selling other people's products that they can get anywhere else very easily in Google from other, lots of other shops, then it's about why they should buy from you. I mean, I mm. think um, 
because the, I mean, yeah, because the committability and desirability is already there because they've searched for it. They know what yeah. they want. But but I mean, generally, you know, return on ad spend, ROAS. You know, it, it it's it's it is e-commerce. It's very difficult to pin it down to three things because it is e-commerce mm. because it, it's it's going to be influenced by conversion rate, which we know is the add to basket basket to check out check out to order which is all of the things the product page checklist in the book that we talk about you know the check in the basket mm. experience how that works all the post purchase abandonment things how they all fit together um and it's, it's about the average order value if you can get them to spend a little bit more by upselling mm. them by the more more products or more expensive products which is the only way you get the average order value up which is those two things um ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, well, let's quickly just go through some other things that give us a good ROAS. I mean, let's just, let's just brainstorm well, something. So basically, yeah. Fast site. Fast site means well, you're going to get access to more auctions. Yeah, a fast site would show itself in conversion rate. Mm. And that, so, you know, it, you know, what are the three metrics of making an e-commerce site? Well, it's traffic times conversion rate times, times average order value. And conversion rate is very affected by the site speed. So yeah. it's it's you know it's 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 been proven time and time again. You you talked about good flow before, so understanding how how people buy that product and get the flow right. So you have someone add something to the basket, making sure that they you know if it's just a dress and they only ever buy one dress, one well, why are you keeping them on the product page? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, well, you know. Well, the first thing we you know we we always say when you're landing up when you're getting to a product page is the, the, the they're not bothered necessarily about about the anxieties that that product might you know what they're worried about they're bothered about kind of finding mm. the right product they're not bothered about what it goes well with you know frequently no. together they're bothered about is this the right product in the first place so that's that site flow you can't have product page dead ends you know it's 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 everything mark isn't it yeah yeah you know it, it, you know you, if you're gonna if you want to get the ROAS as high as it can be, you've got to have a site that is optimized continually from a conversion rate perspective. Well, you have um, to understand where the buyer is in the journey. You know, are they ready to buy something or, or do they need to be led to, you know, to other products? Do they need to be yeah. convinced? You know, what stage are they? I mean, if they're ready to buy, great, just let them buy. But if they need to be educated about what thread yeah. count they need or, or whatever, you need to take them through the journey, don't you? So you're, and, yeah, you're ultimately, you're trying to get more out of the same advertising spend mm. that's what we're trying to do so you know your advertising spend is let's say it's uh, well we would always say your advertising spend should be determined by your ROAS so that it shouldn't have a budget it should be you know, if you can get more you know if your ROAS is positive you should you should spend as much as you can until your ROAS dips below that that point mm. we're trying to get as most as we possibly can out of the current ad spend and mm. that's that's what we mean and obviously you know in order to get the most you need you need a good conversion rate you need a good uh, way of increasing the average order value you need a good way of getting the lasting customer value up mm. you know it so it's all of those i things. mean one of the one of the most essential things is obviously the offer i think i can think an, a good offer can make a bad site work but a but a good site can't work very well without a good offer, you know. And I and I think every time I say offer, people think I'm discounting. I'm not necessarily just talking about discounting. I'm talking about reason to buy today, putting something together. Um, and you know, really, if I could only do one thing on an e-commerce site, I would be focusing on the offer that that I'm making to their customer today, um, to make sure it's a kind of like absolute no-brainer to come and buy from us rather than someone mm. else. 
offer architecture is is massive, and we've seen we've seen offer affect the ROAS more than anything, haven't we? Yeah, over time, true. you know, we, we've yeah, we've yeah. come and taken a site, we've come and put a better offer in, and the ROAS has gone up from two to like five overnight because it's it's. I mean, when we're launching our own brands, you know, we're always launching with a good offer. We don't ever yeah. launch without an offer. We, I mean, it would be unthinkable, wouldn't it? We wouldn't yeah. just go, oh, here yeah. you go. We go we'll plunk some products on the site. We want to go have a go. market. Yeah, we want to go into a market with the best foot forward, you know, with a good mm. offer, a good delivery cost, a good a good returns policy, you know, a good price, yeah. you know, competitive mm. delivery time. You know, we want to go in with everything right, with our best mm. foot forward. So if we're going into a marketing channel and it fails and we can't get the rest we need, we know that we need to backtrack and go into a slightly more niche marketing campaign or a different channel mm. because we know everything's right. We've got the offer architecture right. We've got the delivery right. We've got the price right. We've got the, the warranty returns policies right. Everything's right. We want to fail mm. fast. So that's yeah. why we want I, to go. I, and one of the big ones, and one of the big ones you've got to get across is authority, isn't it? You've got to get, you've got to, under, people have got to trust you. You've got to get instant trust above the fold. And you were talking just before yeah. the call about the, I think the Hook Group, who kind of have a model where they go yeah. into a new market, they get a minor celebrity that people know, and then they kind of plunk them on there, and then they say, oh, yeah, we can now we can sell the LED bulbs. So, you know, it was uh, Sarah Beanie Sarah ages ago Bean. when they launched LED bulbs and uh, different people for different markets. But it's you know they 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 they've just got a rinse and repeat well, strategy that does thing, it. And it builds instant you, authority, doesn't it? Yeah. If you if you think about those two examples there, you, you know that we're talking about an LED company that launched LED Hut, and they were the ones who you know, basically LED bulbs were a very much problem solving rational purchase, and they put Sarah Beanie on the page for convincibility. So problem solving mm. rational purchase, you need convincibility. Well, Sarah Beanie is convincing me. The, the bulbs, these LED bulbs are better than the others. So I'm going to go from the to these guys. And the other example was with the Hook Group launching cosmetics and skincare. You know, it's it, what do they do? Well, they get a, like an influencer strategy. They get a minor celebrity, um, and that's about desirability. So looking back, I don't uh, think Sarah Beanie actually said anything about the LED bulbs at all. No, I think she, it was just her she, picture on the was front. Gen- that was it? Was a, she had a generic statement about about switching to LED versus right. normal bulbs and you know uh, something like oh it saves you know 40 percent cost a year you know we should all be switching to mm-hmm. led and that was it and she, she had i think she had the led hut t-shirt i mean i know this at the time because we we launched um we helped launch an led business so, uh, which was like probably 10 years ago and we were looking at the competitors and there were so many people that started to try and start Oh, God. LEDs. Every man and his dog used to ring up and say, I'm starting an LED yeah, business. And, like, and, and, yeah. and it basically, they were all probably buying from the same manufacturer, the same price, you know, mm. same... Putting their brand same, on it. Mm. Yeah, same product, everything. And, and But the one that really scaled was the one that had Sarah Beanie on the front. Mm. Instant authority, instant trust. Instant authority, instant trust. And now that business is, I mean, they're probably doing, I mean, 25 million at least online. And and everyone else was sort of, well, just. I don't think she's on there anymore, is she? No, she isn't. She isn't, but it didn't matter because they'd used it for the time. Mm -hmm. And they'd built the customer database, they'd built the, the, you know, the authority in Google. You know, Google liked them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, so but obviously that's difficult. You can't just go and do that. But it was an example of of, of giving a point mm. of difference. I mean, in a way, you know, LEDs was so generic that it was like selling other people's products. So the whole yeah, well, it was a new thing, wasn't it? Everybody's moving to LED, and uh, they really wanted to kind of do it. And, and there was a bit of a gold rush, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I mean. In terms of ROAS, be easy to come back to if you you know if you know that people go and price check or go and look at some other website, you know they would come back to your website. You want to make it easy for to find the products that they were looking at. You know, um, yeah. recently viewed products across sessions is very important. Another great way we've seen to to increase ROAS is using a community of current customers to sell to new prospects. So you could use a Facebook group as part of your funnel. You're putting people in there. Say you've got a you know, high price product, maybe like two thousand dollars or something like that. Obviously, people are going to be you know, worried about, uh, you know, you telling you, oh, this is amazing, come buy it. But if you put it into a group and everybody else is there using their product and saying it's really good and everybody's going to want to think, well, this is really good. Yeah. This is like a live, live testimonial. Like you look at all these exactly. people like me, you've benefited from this, this yeah. product. This is yeah. amazing. I've never, I can't believe I've never heard about this brand before. You know, this is yeah. what you've got to buy. Yeah. And yeah. The, probably the, the other one is having the right voice. You know, like, um, you know, when I used to do a lot of copywriting, one of the most important things I used to have to think about was what is the voice that I'm writing this in and how is that relatable to the customer and will the customer believe that voice? So, you know, if you're writing to a housewife in, you know, this I'm talking about these 1960s adverts that I, I, I learned from, you know, like they were talking to a housewife. So it was, it was written by somebody a housewife would think was would have, you know, they would trust. And so you have to think about, well, who who would this person trust? Who is this customer going to trust? And do we, is there some kind of language that they use in there? You know, like a fish, someone who's really into fly fishing, they'll have certain words that they use. If you know you're a fly fisherman, that, mm. you, that you'll know you're a fly. I don't know what they are because I'm not a fly fisherman, but they'll have certain words. If you start mentioning them in the copy and you start went in the site, you go, oh, this guy's clearly one of us because he's talking the talk he's got the little little words it's a bit like digital marketing we've all got the little words like ROAS and um, you know those kind of words that we know and then people know we're in the right place because we, we use the word ROAS because that's what that's what we talk about it's the same in in New Zealand they they when I first came here instead of saying email email or newsletter blast they call, they called them EDMs I was like the bloody hell's an EDM <laughs> and I was like and it uh, and I was like oh all right that's uh I can't even remember what they call it now. Email, um, digital marketing, I guess. You know, but it's just it was just that was what was called in the industry here, and it was a it was it was their their little lingo that that I'd never heard of coming from England. So, you know, it's those kind of words, and you, if you you'll know what they are, and it, it kind of works with where there's a big kind of community around that business, so like fishing or you know like. Um, Hair well, extensions, those kind of things. You, you know, where we were saying, make it, make your site relevant to the audience you're speaking to. So, if there's an event that's coming up, so if it, what, if you are, you know, selling fishing, fishing equipment online, and mm. there was the, you know, 2021, you know, national fishing angling event in Birmingham, you'd, you yeah, know, you'd, you know, you'd, you'd make reference to that in the header, and you'd say, you know, sponsors of, or see you, you'd just say something like, see you at the show. You know, yeah. Or, or yeah. On, you know, you, so you're you're trying to make it relevant, aren't you? Yeah, you're um, trying to make sure you don't feel like you're one of them. Yeah. I mean, if you were selling to bird watchers or you're selling to train spotters, I'm sure you'd have yeah. certain words that you that most people wouldn't understand. Do you know, that you they... know what I would say? Yeah, just talking, coming back to ROAS. Sorry, I'm, I'm because I think 
it's it's such a massive conversation. Ro- ROAS is like saying have a have a better e-commerce business because it is, it is e-commerce. Yeah. It's can you recruit yeah. customers profitably and get them to come back again? That's what it is. Mm. The best thing you can do is go and read the book, go through all the basic checklists. You know, the book that we've written, what's it called? Ultimate Guide to E-commerce Growth. It's going to I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the last thing as well. Well, you're going to plug it. Well, I'm not, but I'm not. I'm basically, so we wrote that massively from the heart. It's at, everything in there is based on stuff that we've seen. You know, it, mm. it, 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 it's, it's not going to break the bank. No, it's going to break not, the bank. The basic stuff, you know, you can't, you mm. can't have an e-commerce business unless you fundamentally understand what what ROAS is and how and how it's influenced by conversion rate and average order value and. Mm. Go through that. Go through the basic checklist of the product page. You know, is it a dead end page? Mm. You know, is the is the you know the stock declaration of you know showing? Is the add to basket button clear? You know, yeah. all those all yeah. the fundamental things, basic stuff. Yeah, well, it was interesting. I was speaking to someone this morning, and they you know they kind of like you know they got to a certain level in e-commerce. I think they're probably doing about 100, 100 a month or something like that, and hundred k. And, um, you know, they, they, they've got there by, you know, tweaking the landing pages and doing the stuff. And I think they got to that stage and they kind of thought, well, there must be something else. You know, there must be something uh, that's new. And, they, you know, they were going to go and get an agency and they wanted to kind of get this. They wanted to get an agent because they wanted everything to be synergized with each other and that stuff. And I was kind of saying, well, kind of what you're looking for doesn't kind of exist. It's it's as you get bigger, it's just it's just more of the same things. You just got to get better at it and you've got to segment better and you've got to have a tighter message and you've got to have better yeah. offers to those people. And I think that there's this myth that as you grow, you know, to 1 million, 5 million, 10, that you experience like a different business model. And and yet a lot of the people that we work with have done 5 million, 10 million, they still have, have relied on one or two channels and they've just yeah. ridden that all, all the way. And they happen to be in places that they can ride that all the way. They haven't kind of got to, you know, 1 million, like being a Google shopping business or being an email business and then suddenly gone, oh, it's not about email anymore. Um, I'm now going to just do yeah. all of this on Pinterest. It's, it, just doesn't, go, it doesn't really work like that. You go further. Yeah, you go further. Mm-hmm. You go further. And, all, and often we talk about shiny distractions. There are so many shiny distractions uh, in mm-hmm. e-commerce. It's like an industry that's just full of them. There's new things that are being invented all the time, you know, segmentation tools and stuff. And a lot of them are absolute load of rubbish. You know, it's about focusing on, you know, the fundamental mass of the business, um, you know what's the what's the yeah. big picture, and going deeper into those, it's getting those basics right, knowing what to do mm. when. You know, and it, and, and it, a lot order. of people say, oh, we'll be all right if we had more traffic, and it's like, well, there's no, there's no, you can go and get more traffic tomorrow. You could, I could go and give, yeah. you can go and spend, you know, two hundred thousand dollars and get a whole load of traffic coming to your site. So that's not the bottleneck, is it? The bottleneck is buying traffic profitably, mm. and in order to buy traffic traffic profitably, you have to listen to me and Ian. A prattle on about ROAS <laughs> and what to do and just do about it to, to increase it because there's always going to be something new and we're always going to be coming up with you know we're always going to be finding new little tweaks that take it to the next level because obviously we're seeing a huge amount of e-commerce sites all the time and we kind of go oh bloody hell that's 
that's pretty impressive. How'd you do that? And then we go and put it on our own sites and we put it on other people's sites and take it across different industries. And that's mm-hmm. how it happens, doesn't it? You, you gradually yeah. iterate and you, you, you just hope that you're, you're implementing things in, in front of your competitors and they don't really know what's going on. And um, you, you can ride that wave for, for a little bit. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Great well, stuff. thank you very I'm much, Ian. That. Yeah, you too. It's good. Put you on holiday. Go and enjoy your uh, no. your holiday. Yeah. I had cracker dawn this morning. <laughs> for you. I did the same What's it like in the UK at the, the moment? Is it busy? Is it well, everybody out and about? Is it acting normally? Yeah. I know. Well, all the, we've not. We don't need to wear masks anymore. So, but it's a bit odd. So you're walking around, you know, you know, public place, and you don't have a mask on. Well, are, they, are people still? As people Lots still wearing most masks, people, most people are still wearing masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's uh, yeah. Everyone's still getting. I mean, everybody's getting COVID. We a lot of people have been double jabbed now. So we're, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and it's um, and it's different stuff for different on the world. I think Australia are having a bit of a hard time at the moment. They're all in lockdown. Yeah. So they're struggling with that a little bit. Um, but in New Zealand, we're still okay. Fingers crossed at the moment. We'll see what happens. But um, yeah. it's all good in the end, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. All right, Ian, I'll speak to okay. you next week. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Take care. Bye. Bye.